1: Hoopsology podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is
2: the best, as you know, in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 7 million men
1: worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off
2: and free worldwide shipping with the code Hoopsology at Manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and all man is a game changer. A huge shout out goes to Manscaped for hooking Matt and I up with the Performance Package. Inside
1: this package, you'll find a lot of useful items. You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer that you've probably heard of before. You'll also find their new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. You'll find Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner. Don't sleep on those products, gentlemen. Performance Boxer Briefs and a Travel Bag. And... For my bearded brethren, and I know there are a lot of you out there, be sure to check out the new Beard Hedger, which is a tool that makes managing your beard so much easier. 20 different instantly adjustable length options, no more messing with multiple clips with your trimmer. It's a really slick and ingenious product. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Hoopsology, that's H-O-O-P-S-O-L-O-G-Y at manscaped.com.
2: That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code Hoopsology. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We thank Manscaped for supporting the show. In this edition of Hoopsology, Justin and Matt welcome the author of LeBron, which is available now at local bookstores, Jeff Benedict. Jeff discusses the origin story of LeBron James' greatness, how LeBron deals with criticism, what he has in common with Tom Brady and Tiger Woods, and a lot more. Please email your questions to hoopsologypod at gmail.com and follow us on all your favorite social media platforms for our latest content. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are a proud member of Underdog Podcast. and now, Jeff Benedict. He is a New York Times bestselling author, and his latest book, LeBron, goes on sale April 11th. We welcome Jeff Benedict onto Hoopsology. Welcome, Jeff.
0: Thanks for having me on guys,
2: it's a pl- pleasure. And thanks for coming on to the show. Uh, both Matt and I really been looking forward to this interview. Um, I can speak for Matt, he is a huge LeBron fan. I'm a LeBron fan too, but he is a huge LeBron fan since I've known him. So this is an awesome, um, just this interview we we're looking forward to. So it's a basic question for you, Jeff. Uh, just talking off air, just, you mentioned that huge, wasn't just a, a, a word to describe just the undertaking of this book. He kind of take us into just to create a process of just like, where do you start with LeBron James's career? Cause I have to imagine it has to be just the, and it's, it's such an intense undertaking.
0: It is. Um, this is my third book in a row on someone who's considered in the conversation for greatest of all time. I did Tiger Woods's biography. And then the dynasty, which was very much a Tom Brady centric story. And now LeBron and I follow the same process in, in each of these books, which in the beginning, um, it's, it's labor intensive in terms of research. So it's reading, I mean, literally thousands of pages in in the form of books, transcripts, articles, um, it's It's a lot of information gathering in the beginning, and uh, just trying to get acclimated to you know who the person is, the subject of this kind of an undertaking. And it really, to me, it's um it's a daunting task when you it's like looking up at a mountain that's so high you can't see the top when you start. And so the idea of starting to climb, towards something that you can't see the top of is, to me at least, it's an intimidating process. And I'm not too embarrassed to admit that I've been, uh, this was an intimidating process for me. But I like that because to me, when you're a little scared about what you're doing, I think you you do better because you, you don't take any days off, you don't take anything for granted, you work harder. Um, And I think you need that kind of approach when you're trying to do a portrait of someone's life that's as big and grand and accomplished as someone like LeBron James, it deserves a a level of commitment that goes beyond just let's do a good job. Good isn't good enough. And so that that's really kind of how I feel and how I felt when I went into this one.
2: So during the first parts of his life had been well chronicled. I was in high school. I'm around the same age as LeBron. I remember his games being televised on ESPN. I remember to eat the Sports Illustrated cover. Um, I remember just every move that he made was so highly scrutinized. In your research, was there anything that surprised you just regarding teenage LeBron before he got into the NBA? Just like all that pressure on this teenage kid. I mean, he can't, he's a kid. And just yet he has a lot of these adult responsibilities. Was there anything in your research that surprised you just, you know, revealing that?
0: Uh, there was a lot. I, I I think that, you know, I spent a lot of time in this book on LeBron's origin story. I mean, you're almost halfway through the book before he gets to the NBA. And and the reason I spent that much time on those pre-NBA years is, is because I think that to really understand who LeBron James is, you have to go deep on his childhood and his adolescent years, the formative years. I would say the same thing about understanding Tiger Woods or Tom Brady. You, you, those origin stories are to me a lot more important um, than the professional stories because in the professional stories, you're really seeing the, the culmination of those early years. And so in LeBron's case, I think Akron and his mother and his group of teenage friends and their fathers, those male figures who get involved in LeBron's life when he doesn't have a father in his life, it's, um, you know, there's a cliche about it takes a village and it gets way overused, but in LeBron's case, it actually is legitimate, it's real. And I think There's so many tragic stories of aspiring young athletes who crash and burn for so many reasons, all the tripwires and landmines that are in the way. LeBron has a a great cocoon around him as a kid, and it's really in the community of Akron. The the men and women who are in LeBron's life early have such a role in what he is today. And one of the things that I like about LeBron's story so much is that he has a great memory, He and we've seen that memory like when he recounts plays, some reporter in a press conference says, what was going on on this particular play? And LeBron can take you right to that moment and describe what nine other players were doing, but I'm not talking about that memory. As impressive as that is, what I think is a lot more impressive is how well LeBron remembers people who did things for him, and and what it was like to be him as a boy he, he remembers that and so many people when they get famous and they get wealthy and they get successful they forget the people who helped make them and one of the things that's most impressive about lebron is he doesn't forget
1: yeah it's it's really amazing um just considering you know many would say that that the upbringing was chaotic there um and yet he was able to find that stability and really in his personal life. I mean, other than, um, you know, some some decisions, I mean, politics are always controversial nowadays in the modern era, but but really if you look at his personal life, I mean, married his high school sweetheart, seems to be a very present father. Um, is How was he able to, I guess, you know, aside from that community around him, um, I mean, he he essentially was a childhood star who lived up to the hype uh, yeah. that was unreal coming in. I mean, um, you know, beyond that village that was around him, I mean, was it was it really kind of a case for diving deeply into that um, the extracurricular activity that was basketball as well that kind of helped to keep him out of trouble and and enforce that village or what else did you see as you were you know researching that upbringing
0: well i think you know the traditional conventional thinking is that you know when you're fatherless growing up and and i speak from a little bit of experience because i was and so i mean my mother had me you know before she got pregnant with me when she wasn't married and she was still a teenager and and i remember the difficulty of not having a dad and what you sort of think about as a kid, because everyone around you has a dad. (laughs) And, and so the conventional wisdom is that, or thinking is that when you don't have a dad, there's, that's a disadvantage, the absence of a father figure. And so Mm -hmm. I think what's remarkable here, first of all, LeBron has a, an incredibly strong and gritty mother. And, um, you know, the bond between them is something that you just cannot, you can't dismiss or overlook the significance of that. And then the fact that he met certain men and women, I'm, I don't wanna discount the wives of these men, but the men who coached him, not just on the basketball court or the Wee football field, but who coached him in life. And they were the same men. The, the sports coaches were also coaching him in other ways mainly by modeling you know he saw what it was like to be a responsible dad by watching the dads who were coaching him and these were really good fathers they were involved they were donating countless hours to their own sons and their teenage friends giving up tons of time to not just teach them basketball but to show them what it means to be respectful what it means to be a man what it means to show good sportsmanship I mean, literally those things are the difference between growing up a certain way and aspiring to certain principles. I love that story where his young youth coach teaches him about the importance of sharing the ball. If you pass the ball, kids will wanna play with you. And LeBron seized on that, like he wanted to be wanted by other kids. And so this it's a powerful lesson that goes beyond basketball that he learns early. And I, I just think that having those kinds of influences in his life as a youth, you, you just it's hard to overemphasize the significance of those things.
2: Um, Jeff, I just want to transition into how LeBron deals with criticism. And I think his career has lasted so long that he's pretty much transcended different types of media from just the sports talk era to the rise of social media to where we are now. Uh, just through your research and putting together the book, how does he cope with that? Because I think a lot of critics—I will say his name, Skip Skip Bayless—this they're totally unfounded, and <laughs> they just have like a personal grudge against him that is unfounded. And just right. uh, from your you you, know, this, you tracking his career. In your opinion, how does he deal with that? Because I, I know for myself, I, I, I couldn't imagine being in a position, somebody that's taking cheap shots at me consistently, and they, yeah. those, be, those claims being unfounded 95% of the time. So how does he cope with that? Well, one of the things is, I think you have to look at where it all
0: started for LeBron. You mentioned earlier the hype that he lived up to. LeBron was exposed to national media, never, never mind local media. I mean, I went back and was looking at Articles in the Akron Beacon Journal of LeBron as a pee-wee football player. Like wow. his name, his <laughs> name is in the Akron Beacon Journal as a little kid scoring touchdowns. Like that in itself is kind of unusual. But by the time he's a sophomore in high school, he is meeting reporters from the Chicago Tribune, from the New York Times. I mean, when Ira Burkow profiled him before the ABCD Adidas camp. Um, after LeBron's sophomore year. I mean, that is a remarkable thing. Just, this is before Grant Wall comes along and puts him on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a junior. LeBron has remarkable exposure to some of the most accomplished national writers in the country when he's in high school. The reason this is important, I think, in understanding how he deals with public criticism today is that by LeBron's senior year, he goes from his junior year where he is the toast of the country, he's on ESPN, national games, he's on the cover of SI in what was a very positive story, to suddenly being on the cover of ESPN magazine in what was not considered a positive story in many expects because it it got into things that were critical of LeBron's mother, of LeBron's father figure, Eddie Jackson. So for most It's really hard, I think, for adults to understand what it would be like to be 17 years old and have your personal life, have your mother being taken to task in a national magazine when you're in high school and and then to suddenly be suspended because someone has an ax to grind against you because you got a couple of throwback jerseys at a store in Cleveland. And suddenly you've been suspended. You can't finish your high school career. You're all over the, you're in the, you're on CNN with Wolf Blitzer because of this. And so I think LeBron's exposed, none of that was fun, by the way. It was not a pleasant experience Mm -hmm. for him and his mother, but you know, you learn a lot when you go through something like that and you start to see where you can trust people and where you can't trust people. And you actually build up reasons to not trust very many people. And I think LeBron, you know, he developed really thick skin, really young, and, you know, got to the point where you just have to understand that there's going to be a lot of stuff said about you, a lot of stuff written about you that isn't going to be true. It isn't going to be fair. It isn't going to be pleasant. And anyone who's in your orbit, is is fair game and i think that explains why early on he was so protective of his girlfriend um and of his young boys when they were first born and growing up he kept them out of the spotlight and he did a really good job of insulating them and insulating his mother because of what he had been through at such an early age
1: yeah it's interesting a, l- a lot of people mention you know that lebron with you know, his, his PR team, his, his appearances in media, et cetera. Um, he's very, very much, um, I guess, calculated would be the way to put it. I mean, he's also, of course, master tactician on the basketball court, but do you think that comes specifically from those early lessons learned in those, those early controversies being right away in that national spotlight? I mean, LeBron is still, of course, very active on social media and things like that. But I do think that there is still that level of insulation. And I think that's healthy, too, for the record.
0: (laughs) He needs to have insulation because, I mean, you can use all the adjectives and verbs you want about it being calculated, careful and designed. Of course, it's all those things. It should be all those things. This is a guy who's been selling out arenas, literally selling out arenas since he was 16 years old. He is the, he's sports's version of a rock star. I mean, he is a great entertainer. And so find me a great entertainer. Anyone in show business, Tom Cruise, Bono, Lady Gaga, name it, Jay-Z. Of course, they're very concerned and careful about protecting their image and their privacy and all that, and they should be. And so LeBron has got to a point and he's been there for a long time now. There's a certain sophistication around his communications and his media. He has hired really smart people uh, to help him and uh, to, to, to guide that process. But along the way, LeBron's been doing this long enough and there's an authenticity to what he does that it's great. Like when he's on Twitter, it's him. It's not somebody else it's him and i think that's one of the reasons that his his social media is so powerful and effective is because it is authentically him
1: do you have a sense um you know with with everything that you've looked at i mean there's there's so much that lebron has accomplished in his career you know justin mentioned it earlier that um you know he stands among the greats in in any sport um do you get kind of a sense of what lebron would like his overall legacy to be you know as we approach the last couple years of his career um in what already <laughs> as we mentioned is a 20 year career
0: well i you know i just think you have to all you have to do is look at his I mean, you can look at what he said over the course of his career, but maybe more importantly than what he said is look at what he has done. And I think, you know, and this is an example of action speaking louder than words. When when he was in high school, I love this anecdote, right? Jay Brophy, his high school football coach, you know, talked about how amazing it was to have a kid on his high school football team who could talk about Walter Payton with great knowledge. Walter Payton Mm is was retired before LeBron was old enough to know anything about Walter. Payton. <laughs> but LeBron knew, like he knew actual NFL history, not just the players that were playing when he was watching, but he knew the greats. And why is that? Because he actually cared about the history of football and would, he would watch ESPN classics. Well, basketball is like to another level and i think one of the things that so many of the veteran coaches and players appreciated about lebron when he entered the nba was his institutional knowledge of the game and the history of the game i mean his first nba coach paul silas one of the things he admired and loved about lebron was lebron knew who the you know the pioneers of the nba were he respected the oscar robertsons the bill russells he he knew their not only their names but what they did And there was a certain reverence about sort of the forefathers and I think yes LeBron saw himself early as someone who he was going to get in that lane that those guys were in and be one of those greats but when he came into the league he had a deep sort of reverence and appreciation for who those guys were that's not common among young stars and so I think in terms of legacy, LeBron saw himself when he came into the league as someone, you know, he wanted to match that greatness and get there. And, you know, frankly, he's, we've all seen him do that.
2: So I want to ask you, Jeff, about, I guess, on that legacy point, how fans view him. Because Matt and I grew up with Jordan and we have a huge reverence for him, but there wasn't social media back then. So his access was different. We, we weren't exposed to his flaws compared to LeBron with the, you know, the youth now exposed to that. But it's so much different access because like you were saying social media, it's him. You get to know him on TikTok, Instagram, et cetera. So when his legacy is all said and done, what is the reference for LeBron going to be like? Is it going to be similar to Jordan or is it going to be quite different in terms of just the younger fans of this era, you know, really considering LeBron to go? and just watching Jordan on YouTube, just right. what is kind of their, I guess, frame of reference compared to Matt and I, we can't really relate to that. We're older. So just like <laughs> how, like, what is that kind of relationship like in terms of actually, you know, the youth actually watching the NBA now holding right. LeBron to this GOAT standard?
0: Right. It, you know, it's a great question. And it's actually, you know, to some degree, this is one of the beauties of sports, right? It's why guys like us love sports so much. Yeah. It's because these are great debates, right? And they're, it's not like debating politics. This is a little more fun. And, it's, and you can actually have great arguments about it. But I think where there's, look, there's always going to be legitimate debate about these generational players, Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain, right? Uh, then comes Kareem. Then comes Magic and Larry. Then comes Michael. Then Kobe. Then LeBron. It's a, it's a wonderful spectrum. And in some cases, there's a little bit of overlap, like Kobe and Michael actually played against each other and Kobe and LeBron played against each other, but LeBron and Michael didn't. And so there, are, there is no way to actually say, what would they have done head to head because they didn't get to do that. Just as Michael really didn't get to go head to head, certainly with guys like Chamberlain and Russell. And so I, I think it's, it's dangerous for anybody, anybody other than those guys that we just mentioned to start talking about who's the greatest of all time. I mean, I think the safe place to be is look at what they have said. Like when Michael was asked in his prime about being the greatest of all time, he said it. It was he didn't wanna be called that and he didn't wanna be compared to Russell because of how different the game was from when Russell played and when Michael played. I think that's there's a lot of wisdom in that, like from Michael. And I think the danger from guys like us is saying, well, you know, I saw Michael. It doesn't matter whether you saw Michael or LeBron. I've watched both those guys play. That doesn't really qualify me to say which one's the greatest of all time. But here's a different thing about legacy, because that's what you're asking. And I think LeBron's legacy, I feel much more comfortable, like putting a stake in the ground and saying, LeBron's legacy is gonna be very different than Michael's. It's a much broader footprint. LeBron was fearless and bold about venturing into land that Michael wouldn't step in when he was a player. And I think it took LeBron a little while to get there. The first half of his career, he steered very clear of politics, and things that were controversial. And to his credit, he focused strictly on basketball. And when he was an Olympian, he took a lot of criticism for that because he wouldn't criticize China. And that was the first time that he was exposed to political controversy. And he saw himself as a bit of a pinball in that thing. And he had people like Coach Krzyzewski, his Olympic coach saying, why should he weigh in on something like that? He shouldn't. But eventually, LeBron gets more comfortable. And a lot of that has to do with the timing of Barack Obama deciding to run for president, Jay-Z getting behind Barack Obama's candidacy, encouraging LeBron to come along and get involved in some campaigning. And little by little, LeBron starts to inch his way into this other forum. And around the same time, he starts stepping into the fashion world. And he starts doing it at a time when it was certainly not politically correct for an athlete of his stature to start doing some of the things and wearing some of the things that LeBron was wearing. And that's what I mean about fearlessness and and being unafraid to, to go into some deep water that he'd never swam in before. And this is where LeBron's legacy starts to get really wide. And I think that that's the thing is By the time you get to the Trump administration, LeBron is a very fully formed man in terms of being much more than a basketball player or an athlete. His impact on society and on the world is just different than Michael Jordan's ever was. Michael was an incredible entertainer. You'd be hard pressed to point to any athlete in the last 50 years who you could say was a better entertainer than Michael Jordan, who, who would that be? I mean, he's right there with Muhammad Ali in in terms of like, and Tiger Woods as the greatest entertainer ever from sports. But that's where it stops, right? Michael was a cultural phenomenon in that area. LeBron's footprint is so much bigger that when it's all said and done, you have to look at this man built a school. (laughs) He didn't just give money, he built a school in his home city that feeds clothes and educates children it's like okay that's a full stop right there like who else has done that in sports and so and it just goes on and on with him and that's why i think uh, when you talk about his legacy lebron is already a mogul in hollywood and he's still a player when when jim brown went to hollywood he left football to go to hollywood LeBron's been in Hollywood for like 13 years, (laughs) so it's just, it's hard to wrap your mind around the legacy of LeBron James. It's way bigger than basketball.
1: Jeff, with the extensive research that you've done for the past three books that that you mentioned, um, which, as you also mentioned, focus around some of the athletes that are considered GOATs, are there similarities that you see between those three that that you did that extensive research on, so like Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, and LeBron James, namely?
0: I mean, the obvious the obvious areas of similarity have to do uh, purely with athletics and mastery. You know you're looking at three master craftsmen, and I, I don't use that word lightly when you look at the way Tiger Woods plays golf, the way Tom Brady played quarterback and the way LeBron James plays basketball, it's a craft. I mean, they're master craftsmen. And along the way, they're also phenomenal athletes. Um, Everybody likes to make jokes about Tom Brady's athleticism. That's a bunch of baloney. I mean, Tom is an amazing athlete.
2: Um,
0: and, And LeBron and Tiger are phenomenal athletes. But I look at those guys like they're like Picasso. They're like, you know, Einstein in science. They're, there's, in other words, it doesn't matter how many times LeBron won the MVP or Brady won the MVP or how many majors Tiger has won compared to Jack Nicholson. None of that matters. The reality is they're one of a kind in the world, right? That that's what they are and there's no one else like him and so i i don't care how many mvps brady and lebron have won we all know that there could be a case for lebron being the mvp every single year that he's in the nba and it would be hard to argue with giving it to him any of those years and you can say the same thing about brady except for the year he missed with injury you know after 2005 he's like the guy every year And so I think that that's the, the major similarity is their commitment to excellence and their drive is, is it's further than everybody else. What they do with their bodies is different than everybody else. LeBron's body is more like a machine and that's not just natural. he's not just blessed that way. Yes. He's blessed with a great athletic body. Of course he is, but this man's had to work like a machine to to get that body to stay that way. Tom has worked like a machine to have his body do what it did to 45. And for Tiger Woods to come back from the injuries that he has sustained and perform the way he has is there's just no one else in the world of golf. Jack Nicholas is not in that universe in terms of the physical conditioning of tiger, but that's probably where most of the similarities stop. You know, I think when you look into their personal lives, there's lots of uniqueness about them. Um, I mean, I guess the commonality that you could point to is, I think all three of them are incredibly devoted fathers and they're deeply involved in their children's lives. That is not necessarily common for star entertainers. I'm not talking about athletes, Mm. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about world-class entertainers and so for, to be a world class entertainer and to be as deeply involved in the lives of their kids as those three men are that is unusual and it's legit with all three of them tom lebron tiger they're that's not for show they're in their kids lives deeply invested in it but the nice thing about it is the three guys are are really different in a lot of the things they do in their personalities right they're um lebron is a super funny guy he um he could be a professional comedian he could be an actor he he's got this great charismatic personality tom is you know this wonderfully sensitive human being like he's he, he's one of the you know sort of purest souls you're ever going to meet it's just like wow like it makes you go like how did his parents raise him like that? It's like, whoa. And, and then there's Tiger, you know, who um, who had this super unusual upbringing with his mom and dad. And um, he was really groomed from the time he was, you know, a foot high to become what he is. And it was the perfect grooming for a sport that is all about solitude and being alone. And being on your own, and that is Tiger. LeBron hates to be alone. Tiger is all about being alone. So there's a lot of fascinating differences in their personal lives in that way.
2: Jeff, this has been a fantastic chat. Please let our audience know where they can find you on social media. Um, again, when the book comes out, your other works, just um, anything else you want our audience to know.
0: I'm laughing because I am uh, my presence on social media. media is small because I'm not a big fan of it, <laughs> but I I am on Twitter and Instagram at author Jeff, um, and uh, but I, my website jeffbenedict.com is where I really uh, you know showcase the the books and the work and the film projects and uh, it's been great to really research and study. To me, I'm what I'm fascinated in is is excellence. And, uh, I think the three LeBron certainly is that as our tiger and, and, uh, Tom.
2: Fantastic. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us. Much appreciated.
0: Thank you guys it's a privilege.